is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Now a word from our sponsors. Let's face it, your time is precious and also very limited. So you don't have time to sit in your doctor's waiting room for hours. Not to mention that situation you have needs to be addressed now and not later. Perfect Harmony Women's Health Telemedicine is just the service you need. Perfect Harmony provides women's health care without judgment. You can receive convenient, fast, excellent, and affordable care. So if you need STI testing, contraception counseling, or if you need help with those annoying vaginal infections or those pesky UTIs, Perfect Harmony has your back. Whatever you need is just a virtual visit away. Go to perfectharmonytelehealth.com and book your first appointment today and tell them Shalana sent you. The concept of total wellness recognizes that our every thought, word, and behavior affects our greater health and well-being. And we, in turn, are affected not only emotionally, but also physically and spiritually. Gray Anderson. Welcome to the Eavesdrop Podcast. I am Dr. Shalana Battle. I love this quote by Greg Anderson because health and wellness is not just the absence of disease, but it encompasses every aspect of our being, how we think, how we feel, the people who we allow in our lives, where we work, where we sleep. Every variable of our lives blend into this wonderful thing that we call being well and healthy. And that is why as we strive for wellness and as we strive for better health, it's important that we try to meet the needs of every component of our health. Today, we are joined by Hallie Brooks. She is a certified functional nutrition coach and founder and CEO of Live Nourished. During this episode, we have a much needed discussion about wellness. We discuss what wellness is and what it is not. We also discuss how we can establish goals that make sense for your current health situation. And we discuss what a wellness and health coach is. We also discuss how a health coach can be an awesome collaborator with your primary care team to help reverse chronic illnesses. And we discuss so much more. This episode is really packed with a lot of gems. So make sure you stick through all the way to the end so that you don't miss a thing. I cannot wait for you to be part of this conversation. So without further ado, here is the conversation. Hello, 
Hello, everyone. Today we have Holly Brooke. She is a certified functional nutrition coach and founder and CEO of Live Nourish, amongst many other hats that she wears. And I'm going to give her the privilege and honor to talk about that <laughs> a little later. But she is here to have a much needed discussion about wellness and how we can create our own path and how we can do it with a wellness or health coach if it, if it's needed. And so I want to give you the floor, Holly, just to talk a little bit more about yourself and to talk about Live Nourish. Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. So I, the long story short, I came out of undergrad way back in the day, feels like forever ago, thinking I was going to go to med school. I ended up doing a teaching program that I thought was going to be two years. So I ended up teaching math in title one schools turns in turned into nine years. So taught math for nine years, almost a decade in that process, got super sick and just couldn't find answers in the traditional medical system, which I love. I love the traditional medical system. It's wonderful. And I didn't find answers to why I was feeling so horrible. And so I sort of stumbled into functional medicine, which is root cause medicine and using nutrition to heal and using reducing stress to heal all of those things, fell in love with it, left teaching, got a personal training degree just to do something different did that for about five years. And it was my clients as I'm totally nerding out about nutrition and functional medicine and how cool all these things are that I'm learning. It was my clients who said, you need to go back to school for this. And so I did, I went back to school and got a degree in functional medicine and pivoted my personal training practice to be functional medicine, nutrition counseling, which is what we do exclusively now. And then the pandemic hit and everybody was looking for alternative health things and ways to stay healthy instead of what to do when you get sick. And so my business exploded and now we support people primarily with GI health and fatigue and overcoming the chronic, we don't know what's wrong with you, but all your labs are normal, but you feel terrible things. Yeah. I'm glad that you are incorporating that and in, in what you do, because I think a lot of times what we're eating, what's in our environment that plays like so well with our health. And so a lot of times, if you're not finding things in the labs, if you're not finding things on physical assessment, the, the next thing, or probably should be the first thing that you talk about is what you're eating and what's in your environment. So, yes. yeah. And so you have many other certifications <clears throat> that I saw, like you do yoga and you do a lot of different other things. So what are some of those hats? Because I want to give you the opportunity just to talk about other things that you do too. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I'm actually not certified in yoga. I am certified in Pilates, which is sort of similar restorative movement, which I love Pilates. I think it's the coolest thing. And I could, we could do a whole podcast episode on who, how cool Joseph Pilates is. He was a Navy SEAL. Like people think Pilates is so girly. It was designed for recovering Navy SEALs who'd been injured at war. Like there's nothing more badass than that. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so yeah, Pilates, I partner with Fox 21 here in Colorado Springs as their nutrition and fitness uh, professional. So I'm on with them once a month, giving tips on live TV for living well and eating well and how we do that in a sustainable way. Cause everyone knows that we quote unquote should eat vegetables and that we should exercise, but shoulds accomplish absolutely nothing. So how do we actually make that a lifestyle that we enjoy? So that's one of the hats that I wear. Yeah. I'm a health coach. I'm a nutritionist. So we look at both the nutrition and what that's doing in your body. But then the health coach piece of that is the behavior change. So I can make anybody the most perfect meal plan on the planet. But if you don't implement that on a Tuesday, 
it's worthless. And so what are those behavior change pieces to help humans who have all of the patterns and all of the habits change those habits in a way that feels really good to them mm-hmm. and that feels doable? Yes. And so you've mentioned health coach a few times in your introduction and people who might be listening, some of us know what health coaching is because it's becoming the newest big thing for healthcare. So most people are leaning on coaches because of your story. You know, they couldn't figure out what was going on in the standard way of care. So they branched off and started doing their own research. But there are some people who may not know what health coaches is. So for those, can you just give an explanation on what health coaching is? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to give you a, a story of one of our current clients to paint that picture. We traditionally work with clients in gut health and adrenal fatigue, but this is a client who came to us with type two diabetes. She also had a ton of GI issues, gas and bloating and all of that, but came to us with type two diabetes. Her practitioner had put her on metformin. She'd already gotten to the point that she was dealing with insulin. She had a A1C of 14, which if you don't know what that is, that's like astronomically high. She was starting to deal with fuzzy vision and tingling hands and feet. Diabetes was a big thing. It was a problem. And she came to us just for gas and bloating and like the chronic fatigue pieces. And we asked her if she'd ever had someone talk to her about whether or not she could reverse her type two diabetes. And she said, no, no one's ever told me that. And we said, okay, well, with food and changing your diet and changing the way that you move your body, there's a really good chance that we can at least get you back into the pre-diabetes range, if not get you all the way back to under a diabetes range. We can get you off insulin. We can get you off a lot of these things in partnership with your practitioner, of course. And she said, that's possible. Like I had no idea. I've just been told that eventually I'm going to lose probably like a leg or a hand because that's just what happens in diabetes. We said, no, that that doesn't have to happen. And so she said, I want to do this. And we said, awesome. So we worked with her over the course of about 18 months and we got her A1C down to a 5.7. So she's off metformin. She's off insulin. And honestly, she did all that work. We helped guide her and what to eat and how to move. And we educated her and empowered her and gave her questions to go ask her doctor. And we worked in accordance with her doctor and we worked as a team with her doctor, but that's what health coaching does. Health coaching is just like coaching for any sport. We come alongside you and we say, what are your goals? And sometimes just like young athletes, they don't even really know their goals or what they're capable of. So we say, I think you actually could accomplish this. Do you want to? And then we walk with them to accomplish those goals that they want to accomplish. And we, it's fun. So we don't do it because we can't be in your your kitchen on a Tuesday making you food, but I can help you learn how to do things differently. And I can give you hope back in places where there wasn't any hope. Yeah. So in a sense, coaches or health coaches give you the tools that you need and push you in, in order to make the changes that's necessary. And you educate. Earlier when you were talking about it, you had mentioned how like she was expected to just live with diabetes. No one ever told her or gave her the education and the tools that she needed. They were just treating. And she thought that she just, this is a new condition that she has. She has to live with it. And that's the thing. Like a lot of individuals who are diagnosed with chronic illnesses, they think that they have to live with certain conditions. Now there are certain conditions that are not reversible, but things like diabetes and hypertension, cholesterol, all those things can be reversible with just changing the the way you eat and your activity level. And a lot of patients are not taught that they're just in the medication here, take this to help control it, but they're not educated on how they could possibly reverse those conditions with just lifestyle changes. And there was a show that just came out on Netflix. I think it is You Are What You Eat. Yes. 
yeah. fascinating. I literally yeah. just finished that two days ago. <laughs> so good. I recommend everyone go and watch that because that has triggered me to make some lifestyle changes as well too. But there was a scene in that show where the governor of New York was talking about his diagnosis and he woke up yes. morning and he had blurred vision and I think he had numbness in his hands and in his feet and he didn't know what was going on with his body and he went to the doctor and the doctor was like you have type 2 diabetes and then he gave him a pamphlet that said living with diabetes and he yes. said that and he said that was triggering to me because I'm expected to live with it. And it, it was triggering to me too, because in healthcare, it should have been, here's education on how to reverse it, or here's education on how to improve your diabetes, but you're expecting someone to live with it. And so he went through functional medicine and went through a functional nutrition coach that helped yep. him. And now he's not on medication. He lost weight. He did everything. So yeah, yeah his Mm -hmm. If I remember right, his blood sugar was 17. So like even yeah. worse than our client, very similar symptoms. And I think he got it down to like a 5.3 or something. I mean, just like absolutely insane. And yeah. everyone says, oh, that's impossible. You can't do that. Well, actually you can do that. Yeah. And it's so cool. Yeah. I think he just went vegan. Like he yeah. stopped eating meat and just went plant-based and his numbers changed drastically. And he actually talked about how, and I don't recommend anyone to do this, but he stopped his medication without talking to his doctor. And he went back to his doctor and his doctor was like, oh, the medication is working. He was like, well, actually, I didn't take any of this medication. You know, this was all lifestyle change. And I tell that story not for people to doubt their physicians in medicine, because as you mentioned before, we need it. We need the Western modern of care and the standard practice of care. We need those things. But yep. also you have to be resourceful and go out and see how you can help yourself because sometimes because of a lot of barriers, you may not always get it in, in the doctor's office. Exactly. Exactly. And working with your doctor in a collaborative care model and knowing that they are an expert in a lot of things and we need them, but that they also have blinders on. Just mm -hmm. like if you came to me and asked for thyroid medicine, like I, I can't, I don't know. I need to refer you out. But if you came to me and asked about nutrition, I got you. Whereas our doctors, our medical practitioners, they're not taught that. So that's not the lens that they're looking through. And you as the patient have to be knowledgeable enough and empowered enough to be able to ask your practitioner the right questions and be able to piece together a lot of the, a lot of the lifestyle and healthcare pieces for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't, I don't want to beat the dead horse on health coaching, but that's also where health coaches come in is empowering you to be able to ask the questions and to get the information that you need. Because at the end of the day, your doctor is not in charge of your health. Mm -hmm. You are. Exactly. Um, and if you don't exactly. take that ownership, then you're going to be sick. And mm -hmm. that's just how that's going to go. Yeah. And what is the hardest thing about coaching that you may have encountered or what do you feel mm. is the hardest thing about being a health coach? Gosh, that is such a great question. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have two answers on that. Mm -hmm. The first answer is based on our patients. Every once in a while, we just get someone who really doesn't believe that any lifestyle change will help. Mm -hmm. And so those people are really hard to coach because I can put together the perfect plan for exercise and movement and mindfulness and all the things. But mm -hmm. if they don't believe that it's going to make a difference, it means that they're not going to do it. And then they're not going to see results. And that's mm -hmm. hard to sit in the coach's seat and know 
that like, if you just did this one thing, everything would change for you and they won't. That's challenging. We don't get a lot of those people because usually by the time someone is searching for functional medicine or alternative medicine, they're pretty desperate for answers and they'll, they'll do pretty much anything, but every once in a while we do. And it's just heartbreaking to know, oh, if you just trust the process, if you just trust me and try these things, you're going to feel night and day different. So I think that's probably the hardest thing. I think the other hardest thing is helping, mm, let me find the right words for this. Outside of just challenging clients, when we have a client who's like fully bought in, I think the hardest thing with that is helping them learn that when we're making lifestyle changes to help them feel better, it's not a quick fix Mm band-aid. I can give you an ibuprofen and you're going to be out of pain in the next 15 minutes. But if we want to solve your rheumatoid arthritis and the pain with that, it took you 30 years to trigger that rheumatoid arthritis. We're not going to get out in the first five days of changing your food plan. And we are so conditioned from Amazon, which I love. Like I can order something on Amazon and it is in my driveway tonight, but we are so conditioned for immediate gratification. I don't have to wait until next Thursday for my favorite show to come on. I can watch all the episodes right now mm-hmm. that even when someone is super bought in and is ready for change and is hungry for change, it's a constant reminder of trust the process, keep doing these things, looking at these little wins. And then looking, we get a year down the road and they look back and they're like, oh my gosh, I have no pain. I have energy. I have no digestive issues. I feel amazing but it's not an overnight turnaround. Here's an ibuprofen thing. And so that can be a challenge when we're making lifestyle changes because it's not instant. It's never going to be instant. And we have been conditioned to want it right now. Yeah. I think that as a healthcare provider, those are my challenges too. Like having some patients who are lost to follow up, they're not following up with their appointments or they're just not as motivated about their health as you are. But what gets me through that is knowing that you're planting a seed. They may not be doing the things that you're um, encouraging them to do because people have to be ready. They have to have that thought process. They have to have that mindset in order for change to be made. But once they get ready, they'll remember those things that you planted, you know, exercising, eating right. And then they'll turn back and hopefully start to incorporate those things into their lifestyle. So that's what kind of gets me through that whenever I feel like (laughs) I'm I'm like beating the dead horse, so to speak type of thing. (laughs) But that's what gets me through that, that you're at least showing that you care and you're planting the seed. Mm-hmm. Whenever That's they're huge. ready, they can start to water it themselves and you're empowering them and sort of speak. So that's yep. how I get through that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you just have to remember that, give them the next step and they might run down 14 different roads before they realize, mm-hmm. oh, I actually knew what road I needed to run down all along. We have a saying that a breakdown is a breakthrough. Like sometimes people just have to get sick enough. I always tell people, if you come to a health coach or a functional medicine provider, when you're healthy, you'll probably never get sick. I can't guarantee that, but you're going to be a lot better off. But more often than not, people come to us when they're desperate and they've tried all the things and they've found no answers. And that breakdown of like, there is no hope is where they actually get the breakthrough of, oh, I've been looking down all the wrong avenues. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that coaching can also be a collaborative practice with medical specialists. If someone is 
um, thinking about having a health coach or considering a health coach, how can this be a collaborative effort between the health coach and their medical specialist? Yes. I love that question. So the collaborative care model is I think where health coaching really thrives because health coaches are not licensed medical practitioners. Some of them practice that way, even though it's not okay. We don't, (laughs) but we're not licensed medical practitioners. We're experts in behavior change. And so when we can partner with a provider, a licensed medical provider who can say, Hey, this is what your blood tests say. This is the direction that we need to go. And then that provider can hand the patient over to a health coach, ideally within a collaborative care model, not just a referral out and say, Hey, this patient needs to change their diet, lower their A1C, whatever. And then the health coach can say, okay, cool. In order to do that, these are the things that need to happen. And now I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to walk with you through that journey. It really sets the provider up to be the detective, which is in a lot of ways, what medical medical care is so good at. There's something wrong. Let's figure out what's wrong so that we can fix it. And then when the prescription is lifestyle change, instead of here's a pill, that's where that traditional medical system breaks down. Because even in the best medical systems, you've got maybe 30 minutes with a patient, probably more like 15 or seven minutes with a patient. And if you have seven minutes with a patient and in order to change their outcome, we need to teach them how to eat differently in a way that they've been eating for the last 30 years of their life. There's no way that's going to happen in seven minutes. Like it's literally impossible. It can't be done. And medical providers are the highest paid people. So it also makes it really expensive. So when we collaborate with a health coach and we say, okay, the doctor's figured out what's wrong. This is the path to fix it. Now I'm going to take your hand and we're going to walk down that street together. And then I can keep the provider in the loop. The provider can then adjust care with maybe not even having to see the patient as often. We really make powerful changes and it lets both a practitioner and the health coach operate in their scope of practices beautifully with that desperately needed overlap of when a patient comes in, we can say, I've got you. Like I've got you through every step of this process in a way that we can't as just health coaches on our own. And we can't as just providers on our own. And how does this work if you have a patient who is on different medications? Because most of your patients may have diabetes medication, high blood pressure medications, or cholesterol, what have you. When they're going through the coaching program, are you coaching them with consideration on what medications they're taking? Because I know certain supplements can interact with different medications. Like how is that carefully monitored? Such a good question. So first of all, a health coach is not allowed to prescribe supplements. So if you find a health coach who is, they are operating outside of scope of practice and that is not okay. And that's why that provider health coach collaboration is so important. We are not going to prescribe. We are not going to diagnose. Ideally, the practitioner will have run tests and know, okay, this person needs vitamin B. This person needs blah, blah, blah. If you're on metformin, we're not going to do vitamin K because that's a bad deal. Ideally, the provider would know that. But even if the provider doesn't, as as far as supplementation goes, it should be, and I'm putting should in like big italics because health coaching is still currently unregulated. That's why there's a national board exam. So it should be a non-issue because your health coach should not be talking to your patient about supplements unless it's a supplement that you as the provider described. That should is health coaching is about a 10-year-old industry. There is now a national board certification. So same board that certifies brain surgeons, certifies health coaches. And if you are a provider looking for a health coach, you want to find a health coach who has passed that national board. Because what that means is we've passed that national board. 
there are some drug interactions that we know basic metrics, but then we're also held to a higher ethical standard. There are a lot of health coaches running around practicing prescribing and that's unsafe for patients and it's not okay. So that's how we navigate it. We always defer to a practitioner and we work in a collaborative way where we are not overriding the practitioner. Okay. And so one of the barriers to healthcare, and I'm sure it's probably a barrier to how you practice as well too, is cost of care. For someone who might be interested in seeking out a health coach, what advice would you give as far as with pricing? Yeah. Great question. So there are three insurance codes. They're type three insurance codes. That's getting a little bit into the weeds, but basically it means that the healthcare system recognizes that health coaching is maybe important, but it's not a guaranteed cover. We can provide, and most health coaches can provide a super bill to patients to see if we can get it covered by insurance. I've seen about 50, 50 success with that. It just depends on the insurance company and what they're coming to us for. So that's a great way. If we can get insurance to cover it and we can get that reimbursed, you pay cash, you get reimbursed. That's brilliant. The way that we practice, which is really unique in the industry, is that we do it on a membership-based model. Mm-hmm. So it's not dirt cheap, but it's not your $7,000 packages, which is typically what you're going to find in the functional medicine and the health coaching world. You're going to go to someone and they're saying, great, I'm going to give you the six-month package. It's ten grand. That's either cash or you can get it financed. I hate that. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> so we do it on a membership-based model. So we have three different tiers of membership that are based on our client's personality. So are you a go-getter and I can tell you what to do and you're going to go get it? Or do you need to talk with me every week? Cause I need to hold your hand through this process. And then we've priced it basically like a Pilates membership. So a Pilates membership isn't cheap, but it's also a lot more affordable than say a car payment or financing 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I talk to my clients about that is like, if you want to invest in your health, it's an investment. You can go to McDonald's and you can get a meal for a dollar. If you want to get a nourishing, high quality meal that's going to set you up, you're going to have to pay a little bit more because mm-hmm. produce and good quality meat, it just costs more. But at the end of the day, you're going to pay for it either way. You're either going to pay for us as a health coach and a membership-based model that's making it as affordable as you can, or you're going to pay for it down the road with lost wages because you can't work because you're sick and because your medical bills are out the wazoo. So it's not free and it's not cheap, but we make it as affordable as we possibly can. And that's one of, that's part of our mission at Live Nourished. Okay. Thank you for that. And how, how can we make healthier choices and individualize our goal for health and wellness? Because I say that individualized, because that's an important word, because we tend to apply the standard of care to everyone when everyone's goals should be based on what their health is at a certain point. How can we make goals based on what we need individually for health and wellness? I think that's such a brilliant question. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a non-very systematic answer. But the way that I do that with our clients is I say, what do you want? Do you want to be able to eat whatever you want? And that's your main goal. Are you 65 and you want to make sure that you're around for your grandkids? Are you 25 and you want to be able to, you know, have a kid soon or run a marathon? Like, what is it that you actually want? And then we reverse engineer it because every single human is different and all of our goals are different. If I don't want to be a bodybuilder, I need to not be eating and trying to be a bodybuilder. I need to be walking and eating vegetables. So 
that's not a systematic answer, but it's where we have to start. Like, what do you want? What matters to you as my client, as my patient? And then how can we work together to create that reality? That's how we do it. Yeah. And I think once we find that answer, we look within, we ask ourselves those questions and we answer ourselves and we're not basically trying to adhere to like our doctor standards or our coach's standards. The goal becomes a little bit more tangible for mm-hmm. you. So therefore you're more likely to stick to it. Yeah. I think yeah. Everyone should just sit down and just individualize their own care plan and the things that they want to manifest in their life as far as their health and their wellness. Exactly. It's no longer, yeah, it's no longer I'm being told to do this or I should do this or my whoever told me to do this. It's Mm -hmm. I want this and I'm going to figure out how to get that. And I might need help along the way, but this is what I want. And I'm going to get from point A to point B Mm -hmm. with help and support where I need it. And then once we find out what our goals are, how can we form strategies that will help us adhere to those goals? Because National Quitters Day was just, I think, last week. I think so too. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I know I made New Year's resolutions and plans for health and wellness, and I have been adhering to those goals um, so far. But by Quitters Day, I probably was to statistically like everyone else. Uh-huh. <laughs> give up. Yep. Yeah. How can we learn to just adhere to those goals? What are some tips? Yes. So my first tip and probably the biggest golden nugget is the way that you actually write your goal. So writing goals around habits instead of goals around outcomes. So for example, instead of I want to lose 30 pounds, it's okay. What do I need to do to lose 30 pounds? I'm not exercising at all. So I probably need to start walking. Okay, so what am I gonna what am I going to do? I'm gonna walk more days than I don't walk. A lot of people say, like, I'm gonna walk seven days a week or I'm gonna go to the gym five days a week. And that's another way to set yourself up for quitters day because life happens. Like your kid's gonna get sick and then it's gonna be 15 degrees outside. And so we have to set those goals around behaviors that are doable. I'm gonna go to the gym more days than I don't. And then I'm gonna track that. I'm gonna say, okay, there's seven days in a week. Did I go four days? Yeah, great, awesome. I went to the gym more days than I didn't. I am going to eat, like I'm going to add three different color vegetables to my plate three days a week. Can I do that? Yeah, I absolutely can do that. And then I'm going to track those action-based steps. And those action-based steps are going to lead me to my goal if I want to lose 30 pounds this year. But we get so focused on the outcome and we forget the steps that we're just like, oh, I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year. I wrote it down on paper, so it's going to happen. Well, no, (laughs) like we have to figure out how we're going to do that. And then the other piece is, start realistically. So I'm going to tell you this story because I think it's a beautiful story. So we had a client last year around this time who wanted to lose weight. That was her main goal. And she said, okay, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. And I said, that's a great goal. I think that's awesome. And then I paused and I asked her, I was like, when was the last time you went to the gym? She goes, well, I've actually never been. (laughs) I said, okay. So I asked her, I said, so is going to the gym realistic for you? And she thought for a minute and she's like, no, I won't go because I'm terrified. I don't even know what to do when I go to the gym. And I said, okay. So, you know, if you want to lose weight, and so we back that up to the action step, which is going to the gym. Now we actually have to figure out if that's doable. So what we did for her is she said, okay, you know, I want you to get in the habit of going to the gym. So for the next five days after work, I just want you to go to the gym. And if you just pull into the parking lot and you sit there for 15 minutes, you went to the gym. Like we have gone to the gym now more than we ever have. 
If you want to go in and you want to sit in the sauna, great. If you want to walk on a treadmill and just watch what other people are doing, great. But that's what we're going to do for the first five days. We're just going to go. Like we're going to figure out how to drive from work to the gym and then home. And she did that. She's like, okay, that was really doable. And then the next week I said, okay, I want you, and I want you to go into the gym. So now we're going to go into the gym and we're going to spend 30 minutes doing something. I don't care what you do. You can walk on the treadmill. You can lift weights. You can watch other people. You can swim in the pool, whatever. But I want you to pay attention to what other people are doing in the gym. And she did that. She's like, actually, I did that. I watched other people and I feel like I, I can now start doing something. I said, great. What do you want to start doing? She said, well, I want to go for 30 minutes. I want to do cardio for half of it. And then I want to use weights for the other half. I said, awesome. So we built her. Here's the three weights things that you can do. Here's what it's going to look like for you to walk on the treadmill. A year later, she's lost all the weight. She now has a full routine of going to the gym. She loves it. She feels totally confident doing it. And it's now a habit. But for her, we had to reverse engineer it all the way back to me saying, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week actually isn't doable because I've never gone and I'm going to get there and then be terrified because I've never been in a gym and I don't know what to do. So there's an example. <laughs> yeah, And that is a great example because I think a lot of times when we set goals, we set goals, not really thinking about if it's realistic for us. And sometimes we can set ambiguous goals too, like I'm going to go to the gym, but then, okay, what exactly are you going to do at the gym? I think we have to be very specific and then make sure that it's a, a goal that is going to be doable for us. Because if you start trying to achieve the goal and you can't attain it, sometimes that can be discouraging and then you let go altogether. So yep. a trick that I usually do for myself is I'm going to go work out, but I'm going to say, okay, I'm not going to work out every single day because I know that's not doable for me because of my schedule and everything so if I go two or three times a week that's more doable so if I yep. reach that that's going to give me more confidence to keep going so I, I love that example because you have to make sure that your goal is uh, specific and that it makes sense for you and it makes sense for your lifestyle yep exactly so we talked about what are some things that can hinder us from adhering to our, our health goals, but what are some other like challenges or barriers that might be in the way of us achieving um, health and wellness and how can we overcome these challenges? That's such a great question. I'm going to say that there's two main things that I see. The first one is underestimating our humanness. Mm -hmm. I think especially now with Instagram and Facebook, and we see all of the shiny sides of everybody's life. We don't see the hard stuff. We don't see the days that I just didn't feel like going to the gym, or I didn't feel like cooking myself a healthy meal as a nutritionist in my career. We underestimate our humanness and therefore we set ourselves up for failure because we don't account for our humanness. We don't give ourselves grace for the days that we feel sick. We expect so much of ourselves and we set ourselves up for failure because our expectations of ourselves aren't realistic. That doesn't mean don't set a high bar. That doesn't mean don't reach for something that feels a little bit like a stretch for you. It means do all of that and understand that you're a human and you're not going to be perfect. And we expect that too. Expecting perfection is a really huge problem when people are trying to move in a direction of healing and health. I think the second one is relying on motivation motivation comes and goes. The, if I had a penny for the number of times I heard a client say like, oh, I just lost motivation. I would literally be a millionaire because motivation is, is short-lived. 
for everybody. There is not a human on the planet that has accomplished amazing things out of motivation alone. Motivation is enough to get us started. And that's what motivation is designed to do. It's, it's designed to light a fire under our butt and get us out of objects at rest, stay at rest. It's designed to get us moving, but it's not designed to keep us moving. And so, you know, we rely on motivation and we'll say things like, oh, I just didn't feel motivated to go to the gym today. Or I just didn't feel motivated to like meal plan this week. Of course you didn't, but we have to figure out how to get around motivation, use motivation to get us started and then do things like habit stacking and um, committing to ourselves and putting accountability systems in place for the days that we just don't want to. Because I promise you, the days that you don't want to are going to vastly outnumber the days that you feel motivated to do it. And if you rely on motivation, you'll fail at your goal, I promise. I like that you said we shouldn't count on motivation as our catalyst all the time or as drive to do things because the motivation is not going to always be there. Because like after a long day at work, I'm not trying to go to the gym. I'm not motivated to do anything, but get in my bed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so what can we use to help us, you know, yeah. that drive and that push to, to do what's right for our bodies? Yeah. Great question. So when motivation comes, use it. When you feel amped and excited to do something, use that motivation to make a plan and to get into motion mm-hmm. and then put fail safes in place. So for example, a great fail safe for going to the gym, because we keep using that example is have a gym buddy, like have someone who's going to be at the gym and you have to meet them at the gym. That mm-hmm. can be a personal trainer who you pay, or it can be a friend who you two have stacked hands on we're going to go to the gym at five. It is way harder to cancel on a friend than it is to just not show up, put things in place that, that help you make the right choice. Even when you're not feeling motivated, getting all the snack food out of your house and filling your refrigerator with carrots and vegetables and hummus. If I want an Oreo, but I don't have one and I'm hungry, I'm going to eat a carrot because that's what's there. So using that motivation to get the fridge full of all of the good foods and get the stuff out of the house that I don't want. And then building systems and routines and accountability setups around me so that when I no longer have that motivation, I'm still going to make that choice. And then when I do that long enough, then that becomes a habit and it becomes a routine and it becomes a lifestyle. And now I don't have to rely on motivations or habits. That's just what I do, but you have to get through that. So yeah, having someone to talk to having a coach, having a friend, having an accountability partner, those are the things I had. This is actually a fun one. I'll tell you a real story. So I had a client who really wanted to invest in her health, but she was overspending on eating out and it was like super frustrating to her. And she just couldn't figure out how to stop ordering from Grubhub. Like that was her thing. She just got home late from night and ordered from Grubhub. And she came up with this, which was awesome. She came to me one time. She's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cancel my credit card. And if I want to order food, I have to use cash for the next month. And I was like, that's actually pretty smart because Grubhub doesn't take cash. So if you want to go out to eat, you can absolutely go out to eat, but you have to get your butt in the car and you have to drive to the restaurant and you have to sit down and you have to order and you have to pay them with cash. And then you have to tip with cash and then you have to drive home. Like she put this massive barrier. (laughs) And so what ended up happening, she's like, it is so much more convenient to go to the grocery store once a week and buy all the good things and just have it at home. And she put that one barrier in place and completely changed her life. She lost 
like 10 pounds that month. Mm -hmm. And then she kept that in place because she said, this works for me. I love getting credit card points, but I wanted to lose weight more. Mm -hmm. And if I just can't order from Grubhub, then that's a solution. So that's maybe an extreme example, but it's an example. Motivation wasn't working for her. Yeah, you have to do what works and what tricks yourself into um, doing what's right. And I think we don't really focus in on it a lot, but sometimes it can be definitely the mental aspect has to play into that as well too, because some people, they suffer from depression and they suffer from anxiety and different things. And it can also be cultural because some people coming up, they're fed certain foods. They like the way certain things taste. And I think we have to incorporate all of those things when we're trying to coach individuals into wellness because not that they have to change everything, but you have to modify certain things in order to get that wellness too. Yeah. And you have to actively set yourself up for success. If I'm just left to my, my patterns and my habits, Mm -hmm. most of my patterns and my habits are not designed to keep me healthy. And I have to put bumpers in, so to speak, so that I actually can't go the direction that I just want to go on a whim and come home and fall into bed. When I'm coming home from work, my workout clothes are in my car. Here's one more example. We're down a rabbit hole, but that's okay. This is such (laughs) an easy one. Like if I, if I come home from work and then I expect myself to go to the gym, it's never happened once in my 35 years of life. If I have my workout clothes in the car, And I can just go straight to the gym. Even if I don't want to, I will. But if I come home, the gravitational pull of my couch is more than I can resist. I'm done. It's game over. It's not going to (laughs) happen. And, and for me to assume that it is just foolish. And so I have to put a system in place that overrides my natural tendencies. Right. Right. In a loving, graceful human way. Exactly. I agree. And again, it's going back to what works to get you to do those things because that's that example you just set. I have to do that all the time. If I'm going to go work out and go to the gym, I have to have my clothes in the car because once I come home, it is a wrap. (laughs) I'm not not outdoors. And I know that about myself. So it's mindfulness plays a part in this too, like knowing yourself and knowing how to train yourself to make different changes. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So do you have a quote or an inspirational story or something that has inspired you? Oh, I love that. Yes, I do have a quote. I've actually been thinking about this one a lot. I don't know if it's my favorite quote ever, but it's definitely my quote for 2024. It's by C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to mess it up a little bit, but basically it says, the man who realizes that he's walking down the wrong road first and makes an about turn is the man who's ahead. Mm. And I think that's so powerful, at least powerful for me, because I have a tendency to pick a path and run a million miles per hour down it. And it's really hard sometimes to stop and admit that wasn't the right direction. Mm. (laughs) But to know that the sooner I realize that it's not the right direction and make a U-turn and start going back the other way, even if I'm backtracking, I'm actually ahead. I love that. I think that's really powerful because it gives us permission to admit that we were wrong mm-hmm. and admitting that we were wrong is actually a step in the right direction, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. Yeah, because no pathway is straight. There always be 
barriers in the road. You have to take a detour every now and then. And sometimes you might go down the wrong path. But as long as you realize that it is the wrong path and you're able to turn around and go around the right direction, you're never going to be wrong. Because I really believe that life is sometimes trial and error and we have to do things before we figure out the right path. And I like that. that and it does give you permission to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So now I want to give you the opportunity to tell listeners where they can find you and learn more about um, your company. Yeah, absolutely. So you can always follow us on Instagram. We're on both Instagram and TikTok at Live Nourished Coaching. So L-I-V-E-N-O-U-R-I-S-H-E-D Coaching. And then the best way to get in touch with us is to go to our website and either send us a message through our contact form or get on our calendar. So again, our website is www.liveliveNourishedNourishedCoaching.com. And we're super quick. We will get back to you next business day because we want to hear from you. So come hang out with us on Instagram and TikTok and please reach out to us via our website. Okay. And I will have all this information in the show notes. Again, this was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, I've learned a lot from you and I'm sure my listeners have also learned a lot as well. And I'm motivated. I'm even more motivated. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you again for this wonderful conversation. Shalana, thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be on. Thank you so much for listening to the eavesdrop podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I pray that you learned something new. Be sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider rating the show. Rating the show will make it more visible to women who may need to hear this information. Also, share the podcast with your friends and family. Keep in touch with the podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You may reach out to me at drshalanavattle at gmail.com for any questions, concerns, or if you want to suggest a show topic. Well, until the next episode, be well, be whole, and be blessed. Bye.